welcome to the Madden America podcast, your source for science, psychiatry, and social justice. Hello, this is James, and welcome to the Madden America podcast. And this week, we interview Wendy Dolan, founder of the MIST Foundation. MIST stands for Medication-Induced Suicide Prevention and Education Foundation in memory of Stuart Dolan. Stuart Dolan had the perfect life. He was married to his high school sweetheart for 42 years. He was the father of two grown children with whom he had a very close and meaningful relationship. He was a senior partner of a large international law firm managing hundreds of corporate lawyers. He was 57 years old and high on life. In the summer of 2010, Stuart developed some anxiety regarding work. He was prescribed Paxil, Paroxetine, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Within days, Stuart's anxiety became worse. He felt restless, had trouble sleeping. He kept saying, I still feel so anxious. On July the 15th, 2010, just six days after beginning the medication, following a regular lunch with a business associate, Stuart left his office and walked to a nearby train platform. A registered nurse, who was also on the platform, later reported seeing Stuart pacing back and forth and looking very agitated. As the train approached, Stuart took his own life. This happy, fun-loving, dedicated husband and father who loved life left no notes and no logical reason why he would suddenly want to end it all. Neither Paxil nor the generic version listed suicidal behaviour as a potential side effect for men of Stuart's age. MIST is a unique non-profit organisation dedicated to honouring the memory of Stuart and others by raising awareness and educating the public about the dangers of akathisia. MIST aims to ensure that people suffering from akathisia symptoms are accurately diagnosed so that needless deaths are prevented. Before we chat with Wendy about MIST's work, I want to play a short piece of audio which was recorded at the UK Royal College of Psychiatrists in London. Wendy was an invited speaker at the RC Psych International Congress in July 2019 and joined other speakers for a group of talks which focused on managing adverse events associated with psychotropic medications. What follows is a short extract from her address. Our speaker, Wendy Dolan. It's always good to introduce another Wendy, especially one that's come all the way from the USA. Wendy very sadly lost her husband to suicide, and since then she has campaigned to raise awareness of the side effects of antidepressants. Thank you very much, Dr. Byrne. I'm Wendy Dolan, the founder of MIST. Our simple mission statement is, when you stop, start, or change the dosage of any medication, side effects can occur. When I originally started MIST eight years ago, we were primarily focused on the SSRIs and antipsychotics. However, during our last eight years of programming and extensive dialogue with medical professionals and consumers, we've expanded our mission to include many classes of drugs that cause akathisia. Um, originally, we were primarily focused on acute akathisia. But then as time went on and people were contacting us, we started to focus more attention on withdrawal agathesia, though on our videos and presentations we also talk about tardive and chronic agathesia. And basically our message is simple. If you start a drug and for whatever reason you started the drug for, your symptoms get worse, contact your prescribing doc. 
Our objectives are to review akathisia clinical presentation, discuss internal and external symptoms of akathisia, gain insight from cases and experts by experience, and explore assessment challenges and opportunities. The next 10 minutes may help save a life. Akathisia is a disorder induced as an adverse side effect of medication. It can cause a person to experience such internal restlessness that the sufferer is driven to violence and, and or suicide. The neuroscientist that was mentioned earlier coined the term in 1901. How ironic that this was in the 20th century, and here we are in the 21st century today, and we still are not having robust discussions on akathisia. So what we have done is, I speak all over the world, present to so many different types of group, that we put together some educational videos. As of this morning, the two that you are going to see have almost 125,000 views. Every day, people around the world are prescribed medication. However, when starting, stopping, or changing dosages, especially those for mental health conditions, there can be unexpected side effects. Uh, I couldn't sit still. Uh, I was pacing up and down. I was crying. My mouth felt like I was uh, sucking on a battery. I felt like I had worms crawling under every inch of my skin. Side effects that steadily grow more severe until they become unbearable. I attacked myself with a, with a knife and was hallucinating. I knew that if I didn't die from it, I would kill myself. It felt like I was being burned alive. I wanted to die. It's called akathisia, an intense inner restlessness brought on as a side effect of medication. As many as 5% of patients taking certain medications suffer from akathisia. And for them, the feeling of being unable to stop moving becomes torture. Death can be a welcome result. Unfortunately, many patients and their doctors don't know enough about akathisia. Help us spread the word about akathisia. By learning more about this disorder, we hope to empower those suffering and their loved ones to take action before it's too late. If you or anyone you know is showing signs of akathisia, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. For more information about akathisia, visit our website at mist.co. Thank you for your time. Let's make akathisia a household word. So thank you very much. I'm honored to be among such distinguished people. Thank you. Wendy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today for the Madden America podcast. And to begin, really, uh, I'd like to ask a little bit about you and, and your background and, and what it was that led you to found the MIST Foundation. And James, thanks so much for hosting me on this podcast. I'm very honored. Educationally, I received a Bachelor of Science in Early Childhood Education and taught third grade for seven years. And then later in life, I, got, I received a master's degree in social work, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. 
and I'm a certified family therapist, and I practice in Evanston, Illinois. I mean, that's my educational background, but this is what led me to form MIST. I started MIST, and this is what MIST stands for, the Medication-Induced Suicide Prevention and Education Foundation in memory of my late husband, Stuart Dolan. I started MIST a year after his medication-induced suicide. Stuart was prescribed Paxil. And for the UK listeners, Paxil is made by the US, UK-based pharmaceutical company, GlaxoSmithKline, or as I call it, GSK. Paxil is known as Seratset in the UK. He was prescribed Paxil for situational anxiety at work. No history of mental illness. Zero financial issues. We had no debt. We had a wonderful relationship with our very close family and group of friends, and Stuart was a beloved and well-respected partner at the international law firm Reed Smith. We discussed that Stuart died from a drug reaction akathisia, which your listeners will learn all about in this program. Yeah, absolutely. Wendy, I'm firstly, you know, I have to say how sorry I am to hear of what happened to Stuart. It's difficult for me to comprehend coming to terms with the loss of a partner like that, especially knowing that it was uh, a drug-induced or iatrogenic issue. Correct. And I have so much admiration for you for taking the stand that you have, for seeking to educate people, and, and also for taking on GlaxoSmithKline in, through the courts. And I, I know that can't have been easy. And, you know, obviously I've spent uh, you know, quite a bit of time looking at the MIST website, which I think is fantastic. Oh, thanks. One of the things that I really liked is you have a free online course that people can take to learn more about akathisia. And I, I took that course myself and I found it really enlightening. Yeah, I read, for example, that, which I didn't know, the term akathisia was first used in 1901 by a, a Czech neuropsychiatrist. And yet here we are more than a century later. And the concept and that word I, I don't think is really that well known about in the mainstream. So I, I just wonder why you thought it was that, uh, you know, just not just patients, but doctors too know so little about akathisia. Well, thanks. That's a great question because that's something when I first started researching, I mean, 1901 and Stewart died in, you know, 2010 and nobody knew about it. And I think there's many reasons the public and prescribers still know far too little about akathisia and that it can cause violence, self-harm and suicide. First, the data from the pharmaceutical clinical trials is often withheld and or has been skillfully misrepresented to hide drug side effects such as akathisia. Only a few people have ever seen the clinical trial data of SSRIs and usually it comes up in lawsuits. As you said, I was involved in litigation with GSK and I actually won in the lower courts because the jury actually saw the legitimate Paxil drug studies. They said that GSK sent a Dear Doctor letter that basically said that Paxil reduced the risk of suicide when I believe there was almost an 800% increase risk and it was hidden. And apparently over 25 people actually died in the drug trial and 40 
more people became akathasic and it was never reported. And if someone does want to talk about akathasia, they will code it as emotional lability, which is a therapist, that means to me, you're a little moody. That doesn't mean you're going to jump in front of a train and end your life. I think secondly, while akathisia is caused by more than a hundred different types of drugs, products for, prescribed for many reasons, other than situational life challenges, akathisia is often misdiagnosed, mistreated. I mean, many prescribers and patients falsely believe the new, you know, anxiety or agitation and depression is just a sign of their illness. And it's not. And that's a difficult thing for people to happen, you know, to swallow because it could have a an absolute paradoxical or different reaction. In fact, what I say a lot of times when I speak all over the world is I say, look, for whatever reason you start a medication or stop it or change dosage, and if you don't feel like yourself and you feel like you're getting worse, then you need to call your prescribing doctor or go to the nearest emergency room. And I think the final thing is that, you know, akathisia isn't a household world because government regulators and the mainstream media don't seem to want to discuss, you know, adverse drug side effects in general. And it's tragic because adverse drug side effects are a leading cause of avoidable deaths. And, and also, Wendy, I wanted to ask that the MIST website features testimonials from people who have experience of akathisia. So I, I wondered, you know, from your talks and, and your research, what you can tell us about how akathisia makes people feel and act. Well, you know, thank you to all those people. I mean, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people write in, and it's amazing to hear their firsthand experiences. But I think what's important for your viewers to know is that akathisia has both external and internal symptoms. And you've mentioned the MIST website. We also have two very, very short videos on our website. One is called, What is Akathisia? And the second one is, what, what does akathisia look like? And that actually came from the work I do with people in the military and first responders because they wanted to know when they're out in the field what this looks like. So those videos, I think, have almost a collective viewing of 160,000. So people are getting the message. But some of the external symptoms you will notice is marching in place, pacing, rocking back and forth, people shifting weights, an inability to sit still, and in general, an unusual or violent behavior. The internal symptoms can be cognitive confusion, inner restlessness, anxiety, agitation. I mean, what we've learned from people who write in is people will say, my brain felt like it was on fire. I felt like I had worms crawling up and down my arms. It felt like I was sucking on a battery. And actually... The reactions is so severe that Dr. Roger Lane, who worked as a scientist for the drug company Pfizer, stated that akathisia can be so severe that death can be a welcome result. And I think what people need to know about akathisia deaths is the sufferer does not want to end their life. They want to end that horrific feeling. Can you only imagine if you felt like your brain was on fire? 
and what that means. So these are very, very powerful internal and external symptoms that can lead to violence, self-harm, or suicide. Yeah, absolutely. And and I also read that um, akathisia can be triggered by starting, stopping, or, or even changing dosage of certain drugs. And And I was interested to read that the drugs implicated in leading to akathisia aren't just those that are prescribed for mental health difficulties. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, and that is the beauty of this awareness campaign and people writing in and what we've learned. I mean, initially, when I started MIST, we were focused primarily on the SSRIs and antipsychotics. But then as people wrote in, and then finally, we were getting some data. And I got to say, the UK has been really wonderful in their papers of about bringing attention to some of these other side effects, but they can include heart medications, acne drugs, pre-surgery sedatives, the benzos have a lot of reactions, and a lot of the malaria, anti-malaria drugs. And this has been really significant with people in the military. There is actually a lawsuit in Canada by the Canadian vets. They're not suing uh, the drug company. They're suing the Canadian government because of so many suicides on the anti-malarial drugs. And apparently in, the U- in, in Canada, you are forced to take these drugs. I also heard a story about a young college student in the UK who was traveling overseas who died an uncharacteristically violent and sudden death by jumping out of her plane. Her parents report that they believe she was experiencing adverse drug side effects from the malaria drug she was given. And I guess what's important to me is as a social worker, you know, mental health care professional, I was under the impression, you know, that suicides were just from, you know, mental illness. And so I think the beauty of MIST, besides trying to make akathisia a household name, is we're trying to say, hey, just like there's many different kinds of cancers, there's different reasons people end their lives, and there's different drugs that lead to that. And unless we are willing to take this broader definition of what leads to suicide, we are not doing a very good job with suicide prevention. In fact, one of the dreams I have of MIST is that when you call a suicide prevention hotline, the worker at the other end of the phone would say, have you recently stopped, started, or changed the dosage of a med? That would make such a difference, wouldn't it? Because I, you know, I, I myself am, you know, a member of a few online support groups like so many people are. And we've had people post in there that they have described feeling this way to their care provider or even emergency services if they've attended, but it's, it's often been dismissed as anxiety. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's kind of thinking what, what should we be telling our care providers to, help them understand what akathisia is. And, and I notice on the MIST website, there's a really useful handout that people can use. So, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, you know, kind of asking what should we be telling our care providers about what akathisia is? Because it's far more than just anxiety, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a great message and an important public service announcement. I really believe that if you are experiencing these symptoms, you know, bring this handout to your doctor. Unfortunately, in the case of Stuart, when akathisia ha- happens instantly within a, you know, within a half hour, I don't think he would have known at that moment to do anything other than just to, you know, try to get rid of the reaction. But I think that you are 
should be sharing with your doctors about what you're feeling. And, you know, one of the things that has been probably our biggest criticism on MIST is a lot of people who have, you know, chronic akathisia that doesn't go away, that's there forever. They do not like the fact that we suggest call a doctor or call emergency services because they feel that they've been so let down by the medical community. We have no other, you know, advice at this point. And we really, you know, we are a nonprofit. We are, we can't be giving medical or legal advice. So we just say, go to the hospital or, you know, or, you know, call 911 in the United States. But, you know, doctors in many ways are as ignorant as the public. What came out in my trial was that, in this case, GSK, but I'm sure it's other drug companies sent a dear doctor letter. And that letter that I spoke about previously touted the fact that Paxil reduced suicide when in fact they lied. So how can the doctor know this? So I think you bring up an excellent point, and that is how to get the message out there. And all you can do is advocate for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's quite a difficult message, isn't it? It strikes me because here in the UK, and I've no doubt the US too, there is a generally accepted message that psychiatric drugs particularly protect against suicide. And no doubt that is true for some people, but it's it's not true for all, is it? Correct. So I think what you're doing is so important in opening this, the discussion so people realize that in some cases, for some people, the drugs can bring on suicide, not protect against it. Right. Well, that was the biggest shock about Stuart because, you know, he... He worked for, you know, a high-power law firm and had some stress. But, you know, how many people have stressful jobs? I mean, this isn't just having some stress at work, no fear of being fired, you know, no loss of income. I mean, and, and so it was shocking. And it kind of, you know, really took so many people by surprise because this isn't what you would typically associate with someone who would end their life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned there, Wendy, about kind of getting the message out, and that leads really nicely into my next question. So MIST recently launched a really innovative and and, and bold initiative to put signs up in in New York subway stations. And I can only imagine the amount of foot traffic that that, went past and and saw those signs. So I wondered what kind of response you've had to that and whether you were planning on extending that campaign to, to other areas. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the mission of MIST that we stick to is all about education and prevention. And we try to get to the largest audience possible. And um, one of our, you know, my very bright board members said, well, why don't we put signs on trains? And so in Chicago, this actually happened, uh, we started it two years ago. So there's probably over 200 train cars actually inside the train where you're sitting there and you can read it. And we've been doing this campaign in Chicago for about two years, and it's been amazing how many people read those signs and contact us and say, this is what happened to our loved ones. And then we decided to take it to New York City. And one of the reasons we picked New York City, because, you know, from really right after, you know, the Monday before Thanksgiving till the end of the year, about 8 million people ride the uh, New York City subway stations. And so it's been incredible. Lots of people have written in and actually my next area is hopefully London. 
you know, so that's something that we're going to investigate. And it's been so well received. Unbelievably. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, advertising on the tube in London is, is very big. And, and, you know, I can definitely confirm that, you know, would be a fabulous place to, to, to have that information. And, you know, particularly as listeners to the podcast will have heard you talking at the UK Royal College of Psychiatrists. And, you know, you, you're introduced by Wendy Byrne, the president of the Royal College of Psychiatrists. And I think, as you mentioned, the UK is seems to be quite accepting of the message that medications, while helpful for many, can be very, very difficult and problematic for some people. So, you know, I, I hope that kind of comes off. I guess that kind of leads on to what have you got planned for MIST for the future? And, you know, what would success really look like for you in terms of, you know, MIST's impact and people knowing more about this topic? Well, we we just take every opportunity that we can and we constantly are challenging ourselves for different groups. So I, I, MIST is always an ongoing basis. I speak to military groups and I will continue that to do podcasts with them. And, and the military is all over our message because in the U.S., suicide in the military is a huge issue, like 22 to 23 per day. And a lot of organizations are finally realizing maybe it's the drug cocktail they're taking. I mean, I've interviewed vets who have taken 18 drugs. I mean, I don't know what what sense that makes. In fact, it's become so important that in January, a bill was introduced in our House of Representatives called 4640, and it's a a bill to look into the medication combos that vets are taking, you know, and what's in their system when they suicide. But unfortunately, as you know, with what's going on in American politics currently, this isn't in the forefront, but hopefully this will get addressed. I mean, the second thing that's a big priority for us is the MIST CEU program that's a free one-hour accreditation for mental health professionals is now being transitioned for doctors. And we are currently, you know, working on that. We also have a Akathegia Stories podcast. And what we've been doing is we've had, um, I think, about six or seven podcasts so far where people have shared their story. This is available on our YouTube channel and iTunes and Spotify. And in fact, our next podcast features Matthew Downey and her daughter because her 12-year-old daughter died after taking Zoloft at 12 years old. And Matthew's been a tireless drug safety advocate for more than a decade. And we just are continuing. I work a lot with faith-based groups to get clergy to be able to talk to people about suicide, comfort families who have experienced medication-induced suicides. It just keeps going on and on. And we are also always looking for international conferences. So you mentioned the Royal College of Psychiatrists last summer, and I think it was fantastic. You know, the UK, from what I've read at least, hasn't always been as willing to address adverse drug side effects, but recently, I believe over the last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, they have been doing, there's been a lot of discussions about withdrawal akathisia. They don't necessarily call it akathisia, but interestingly enough, when papers like the Daily Mail do stories on this, they do include the missed video. So I'm always grateful that they include that online. 
We were very well received at RCP. I didn't know what I was walking into, but they um, were very receptive. And in fact, this was not just an isolated comment. Many doctors went up to me and said, you shouldn't know more about this than I do. And they were, you know, hoping that we would continue to work. Now, um, I have offered my services to Dr. Wendy Byrne, who is no longer the head of the Royal College. And we said that we were very much willing to help them to update their SSRI guidelines. So I hope that this will occur because while we were well received, that was just the beginning. There's more steps that need to be taken. I was so heartened to see you getting to talk to the Royal College because, as you say, you know they they are the people that should know, and and not just psychiatrists, general practitioners, or, or family doctors too. Because you know, certainly, again, probably the US is similar. The majority of prescribing of these kind of drug, drugs is actually family doctors, isn't it, rather than psychiatrists? Thank you very much for um, bringing up that point. Yes, that is that is really the case. That you know the general practitioners don't know anything how would they it, you know because that's not what they were told no and, and, and as you said yourself you know if if the official data that they are looking at the drug studies and the reports if the official data is compromised or not telling the full story then they are flying blind aren't they they don't have access to the kind of information they need to assure the safety of their patients yes you know this was one of the strangest un- most unsettling thing that came out in the, the in my lawsuit was that the drug companies give their drug results to the FDA, which is our American supposedly, you know, organization that's monitoring this. And apparently all they do is pretty much accept what the drug companies send them. And then there's this sort of perverse revolving door policy where people from the FDA go to work for big pharma and people from big pharma work for the FDA. And so it's like the fox guarding the hen house. And so we don't get legitimate drug studies. In fact, Scott Gottlieb, who was the former head of the FDA, I believe got around $100,000 in fees just from GlaxoSmithKline. You know, so we're, and I think he had 23 conflicts of interest. So I think that, you know, it's that da- data that's so um, important. And we are not doing a good job of changing labels after new information is found. I don't know how this is in the UK, but in the United States, there is a suicide warning on labels up until the age of 24. And then magically from 25 on, there is no warning. And so that would be one thing that I would really love to see happen is for some of these labels to be changed. Yeah, absolutely. It it is very similar in the UK. You know, our our regulator, the MHRA, is very similar to the FDA. It is is populated and staffed mainly by ex-pharmaceutical company employees. It is largely funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So, you know, the, the fox guarding the hen house is a very apt uh, metaphor for it. Absolutely. I think the most important thing I want to say to your listeners is in the countless advocates and bloggers and charities who help publicize agathesia is thank you so much. People donate and they reach out to us from all over the world. 
If you're interested in learning more about MIST, please visit MIST.co, M-I-S-S-D.co. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, our YouTube channel. And then, and, you know, we, we do all our work for free. Our fundraising is to help us support programming such as the New York train campaign. And all we ask is if this program resonated with you and would you please share it with your own personal social media. And I guess finally, and I think this has been the success of MISTIS and the reason why so many people are willing to help us make Akathisia a household word is that we are not anti-drug. I mean, as a therapist, if I feel a client needs a med, I will suggest it. You know, we just are about transparency, truth and labeling, legitimate drug trials. And we always say to people, if you do take a drug, operate on the buddy system. If you are starting or stopping or changing the dosage of a medication, let someone know. And that way, you know, you can be you know, informed if there's changes in your behavior. So I hope together, I'd like to believe that this is a movement that's going on all over the world where I think people need to be cognizant of, of what they're doing and be really self-aware. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, Wendy, as I said at the top of the, the, the program, I think what you're doing is incredible. I, I think it's it's I think it's a wonderful way to honor Stuart's memory, you know, to 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 put yourself out there to protect other families from you know suffering the same tragedy i think is an incredibly selfless and important and, and valuable thing to do and what i like about mist so much is that it provides a focal point for people to go to because you know i i like many others have looked for information on the safety of certain drugs and you don't really know where to go and there are so many conflicting accounts and stories and you don't know whether the official information is right or people's real life experience is is the one to trust so i think you provide such a valuable and important focal point with mist i really do i thank you i think that what people need to realize and i've talked about this with hundreds of people who have been survivors of agathesia or have lost someone from an agathesia and death is this was just so out of character. And I think the beauty of what I'm trying to do for Stuart is we were together for 42 years. And if this could happen to someone like Stuart, it could happen to anybody. And I think that's what people need to read. You know, we want to, it somehow puts suicides in this category of mental illness. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a serious, serious problem. But if you're just putting, if you're only addressing mental illness, you're not helping others like Stuart. He was not mentally ill. He was stressed at work. And I think that's why we need to keep expanding this dialogue. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's very important to reinforce the message that mental health challenges can respond to all kinds of interventions and we shouldn't necessarily assume that medication is right for everyone. Right. Absolutely. Wendy, it, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today and, and I'm so grateful to you for making time to talk about the important work of MIST and a subject that really is so vitally important that we, we share with as many people as possible. So thank you so much. And thank you. It's been an honor. Well, I just want to thank Wendy so much for taking the time to chat for the podcast. And thanks also to Christina Gerke for her help in putting the podcast together. 
If you would like to know more about MIST's work, you can visit the website missd.co and you can find them on YouTube by searching for MIST Foundation. As Wendy mentioned, they have an excellent podcast, which is available on iTunes and Spotify, and it's called Akathesia Stories. It's well worth listening to and sharing to. So thank you so much for listening, and until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the Madden America podcast. Visit maddenamerica.com for more news, views, and updates.